Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So let's let's talk about District 8. District 8 is a district that impacts a lot of people in our listening area. A lot. And I got some numbers here for you. District 8. Congressional District 8. Union County makes up 38% of that new district in terms of voters. And I always forget that you get that eastern sliver, that eastern slice of Mecklenburg. Mecklenburg makes up 19% of that district, coming in at number two. So Union and Mecklenburg, coming in at 18% is Cabarrus County, and it's only half of Cabarrus County. And then the remaining five counties, Stanley County, Anson County, those going east, um, I believe you got what Montgomery County, Scotland County, Richmond County, and Robeson, um, or Robeson. I've heard it seventeen different ways. Robeson, Robeson. I think it's Robeson. They're all, all in the single digit because those counties are very um, not not high density counties, rural counties. I think is what they like to say. So you've got these candidates in District Eight, and the favor. Up until uh, when you actually had to file for election, without question, it was Mark Harris. When Dan Bishop decided not to run for re-election in that district, which he would have been elected and no one would have ran against him, he's now running for North Carolina Attorney General. When he left, that opened up a hornet's nest of people who were going to run and who were thinking about running. Mark Harris... And I interviewed him about this in June in Greensboro at the North Carolina GOP convention. I said, hey, the rumors are if Bishop goes to run for the attorney general, you're throwing your name in the hat. And he didn't deny it. And he, he, he confirmed it without confirming it, if that makes any sense. Well, Bishop did run for attorney general. And now Mark Harris, you know, was one of the first ones to f- say publicly, yes, I am. So now he's running for attorney general. I mean, he's running for District 8. And I think he was the favorite. People wondered if Trisha Cotham was going to run. Because she lives in that district. And I never thought she was going to run. I never did. That was never anything that I anticipated happening. A lot of people did. A lot of people got concerned that she might I never thought she was going to run for Congress. I don't think she wants to run for Congress. I think if she ever ran for anything, I think her goal or or, or something that she would really like, and maybe since she was in college felt this way, governor. Some people, oh, you know, run for senator. I don't think, like, maybe senator she might run if she's asked to or whatever, but that's, what, at least two more years down the road. But then you'd have to run against Tom Tillis, and that's not going to happen. So, governor, 
if Mark Robinson loses to Josh Stein? Because right now, you know, what about Bill Graham? Hey, Bill Graham's right there. So is Del Falwell. But Mark Robinson has the late, all the latest numbers that I've seen or been told. I, not, I, should, I should say not seen, but have been told that Mark Robinson has a massive lead. Now, anything can happen between now and March 5th, which is primary day. So you've got two months to try and not screw up between now and March 5th. But let's say Mark Robinson loses to Josh Stein. Well, that opens the door for a lot of different Republicans to run in four more years against Josh Stein. And I think you could potentially see Trisha Cotham then. Although maybe Trisha needs to sit around and maybe she's happy doing what she is. But I never thought she was going to run for Congress in District 8. That never, I never thought that was going to happen. So now you look at the candidates. Mark Harris, the favorite. And then Lee Brown gets in. And Don Brown gets in. And you're like, okay. All right. Like those two, they got interesting backgrounds. Lee should have some pretty good money coming in to help get her name out there. She's the only woman in the field running for Congress. Don Brown's got an interesting past. As a matter of fact, he announced that he was running for Congress on Brett Winterbull's show. And Lee Brown announced she was running for Congress on my show. So those two were like neck and neck. And then you got Alan Balkum. And Alan Balkum is many, 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 many generations of Union County. He's a farmer. Older guy. I think he's like in his early 70s. Like right around 70, 71, 69 in that vicinity. He's got a lot of money. And he's running. And he'll be taken seriously. You don't know how well he'll do in Cabarrus County, Albemarle, places going east. Well, Brett, what about all that stuff with Mark Harris concerning his past, what happened in 2018 in the election, and then they having to redo the special election in 2019, which is how Dan Bishop got to Congress? Mark Harris has a loyal following, just like Donald Trump does. They're very similar to me, but on different scales. Mark Harris is going to get a lot of the evangelical vote, and he's very popular in Union County. And the further east and the more rural you get, generally the more religious the people are. The more poor and the more rural someone is, generally the more religious they are. Across all faiths, black, white, Hispanic. So I think he's going to do extremely well, and plus people know his name. And he gets to use... The thing, you know, basically, if he wants, like, look, hey, Trump, look what happened to Trump. They're out to get him. He's a martyr. Same thing happened to me in 2018. They came out after me. And I should have been rightly elected. So he's got that. And then the monkey wrench came. And that was John Bradford. State representative up there in the Huntersville area. And when we come back, we'll talk about what his impact means to that race. Because it's a big impact. And he's got a lot of cash. Two million 
of his own that he's putting into the campaign. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out so breaking down the congressional district eight right now and we've gone through four of the candidates lee brown don brown mark harris the favorite and alan balcom guy who has he's a farmer there well to do owns a ton of land and uh i think early 70s and i think it's something like eight generations or something like that, something wild like that, that his family goes back to Union County. So a lot of time. So obviously Union County native, as you could say. That leaves two more people. Chris Maples, younger, former staffer with Dan Bishop and Richard Hudson. Now, very few people know who he is, and he's got not a lot of money, if any. That generally happens the first time you get into a political race like this, there's very little chance of winning. But you do it for the experience. It's like a rookie, rookie in sports. You, you've learned the pitfalls. You, you make your mistakes. You figure out what works, what doesn't work, how to go about it, and then you try again in two years or whatever. Because you need to understand The person that wins this election for District 8 is going to be like Dan Bishop. And it's going to be like Tim Moore, who's running over there in the Gaston County, I think it was District 14. That's theirs as long as they want it. If they want to be, you know, like Patrick McHenry. Patrick McHenry was there for 20 years. He could have had it for another 20 years because he was in his early 40s. That district is his as long as he wanted it. Same thing with Dan Bishop, same thing with Tim Moore, Speaker of the House, who's running for Congress over there in the Gaston County District. That's theirs. That is theirs. So it's not like you're going to be able to run in that district again. Now, maybe you run in the district where there's a lot of uh, wildness going on up in the Cabarrus County District involving Mark Walker and Bo Hines and like that and the, uh, the other fellow that got Donald Trump's endorsement, and his name escapes me at the moment, but he's young as well. And so, uh, so anyways, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. But let's get back now. So you got these five people that all of a sudden, clear out of the blue, I start hearing, hey, John Bradford is going to run for Congress. But what you think he's going to run for is Patrick McHenry's old district. The one that Pat Harrigan was going to be in the Gaston County District is now up in the Catawba County District in Iredell County. But you keep hearing, hey, 
John Bradford might run for Congress against Pat Harrigan. John Bradford did decide to run for Congress, just a different district, District 8. John Bradford comes in with by far the most money. He's loaning his campaign $2 million. As of today, today is, I'll make sure I get my day right, January 8th. Mark Harris is still the favorite. He is. Mark Harris is still the favorite. But $2 million allows you to get well-known quickly. Because maybe a lot of people don't know who John Bradford is, especially when you're talking about Montgomery County, Robeson County, Anson County, even Stanley County up in the Albemarle area. They may not know who he is. But you know what? $2 million gets you well-known really quickly. When you start buying campaign or you start buying commercials and advertising and everything else like that, that gets you well-known very quickly. And he's got two months to spend his $2 million. Now, the biggest criticism of John Bradford is what they say is that, well, he doesn't live in the district. And John will tell you, just like he told me, that, well, he owns several businesses in the district and employs many, many people in the district. He owns two restaurants, and he's got a business, and he said he has 10,000 customers in that district. When you include Cabarrus County, Mecklenburg County, Union County, the big three, those three counties will decide who wins the election. Cabarrus County, Mecklenburg County, Union County. Those three counties specifically. So that's why Lee Brown's got a real fighting chance because she's got Cabarrus County. And they've got 18% of the district, the population of the district. People in Mecklenburg County know who Lee Brown is. People in Union County, because she's been on commercials for 100 years here in Charlotte on radio. You can't miss, her voice is so distinctive. You can't, I mean, you know, her commercials were so distinctive. Yeah. So John Bradford, you know, it it might be a two-horse race. Maybe Balcom and Lee Brown can do some damage as well, just because Balcom has very well known in Union County and Lee Brown from Cabarrus County. But we'll see what happens with Bradford. That's the interesting one. Bradford, you know, Mark Robinson, the the lieutenant governor running for governor, has already endorsed Mark Harris. That wasn't that big of a surprise. But John Bradford's got a lot of endorsements as well. So we will see what happens with that. But when we come back, we're also going to talk a little bit about District 8. Again, it impacts so many people in our listening audience. And I'm curious. Not just this particular district race or congressional race in District 8, which we spent the last couple of segments talking about and breaking it down and all the candidates, but what are your thoughts about, are you already, I mean, it feels like we just finished. Now, granted, it's been two full months since we had Election Day in November. It's been two full months. But we are exactly, or tomorrow will be exactly two months I guess March 5th, will be two months from our next primary. Are you guys already ready for the commercials and the onslaught of commercials and and, and all the political stuff? Because i got news for you. Between now and November, that's all you're going to get. 
because it's the presidential election, congressional elections, governor elections. I mean, that's that you need to know that's what you're in for. Are you ready? Or you're like, oh, not yet. So I said we got I got a special announcement. There's a couple of things I need to say about this. A couple of special announcements regarding District 8. Number one is that I can tell you that WBT is in talks with a very, very prominent group of putting together a poll in the upcoming weeks, in the month or so, for that particular district. Well, Brett, why that district? Because that's the one with all the candidates. Now, you've got Mark Walker's district, which has three candidates, and you've got um, the district that Patrick McHenry just vacated, and you've got two two main candidates there. But this is the one that impact you know, like, like so many people in our Charlotte region, including Mecklenburg County. So, like I said, I think as of right now, it's a two-horse race with Balcom and Lee Brown coming in, you know, both coming up on the outside to use a horse racing terminology. But I think they can make it, you know, an interesting go of it. Because, again, Cabarrus County is 18% of the vote. Mecklenburg County is 19% of the vote. And Union County is 38% of the vote. So Alan Balcom is going to do probably pretty well in Union County. Lee Brown is probably going to do very well in Cabarrus County and even parts of Mecklenburg County. Question is, how well does John Bradford do and Mark Harris do outside of Union and Mecklenburg counties? That, that's the question. So our polling, I am fascinated because this is my own internal polling from talking to people in terms of um, political advisors, political insiders, talking to the candidates, trying to break things down and use logic. Now, I know when it comes to politics, the last thing you want to do is use logic. I get it. But I try to break it down analytically. And so right now, like I said, I think as of today, Mark Harris is the front runner, followed by Bradford. But Bradford's got two months and $2 million to make up that to make up that. Uh, Whatever gap there may be. I don't know. It, it could be a three-point gap. It could be a 15-point gap. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Bradford's in the lead. And Mark Harris is second. I, I don't know. But hopefully that polling, that'll come to fruition, because I think that would be so fascinating. I think it would be so fascinating to find out the numbers of that particular race. And then, also got this coming at you. The first half, or the, Brett Winnable's got some big things coming up about this special district as well. And coming up at 320, the GOP president of that district. Now, I don't know if you know this. Each side, Republican and Democrat, have presidents of every con- congressional district. To make sure that so when they have like their meetings, because, you know, you've got state GOP meetings and the national GOP meetings. Well, this this you'll have your district GOP meeting and your district Democrat meetings with representatives from each county to vote in officers and meetings and dues and all that other stuff. Well, the president of that particular district, John Stewart, is going to be coming on Brett Winnable 
at 3.20 because they've got a lot of things they need to talk about and some major announcements coming up at 3.20. So I'm not going to be like I was at 12 years old and trying to rummage through the attic in my mom's closet looking for the Christmas presents before Christmas Day to try and find out. i got to be honest with you, I did do that one time. And it was such a, like, I was so disappointed. Not, not in the gifts. There was nothing left for Christmas to look forward to. And I was like, oh, I'm, and then I made the conscious effort at 12 years old. I'm not doing this ever again. I don't want to know. But so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go rummaging through the attic. But coming up at 3 o'clock and then again at 3.20, major announcements with Brett Winnable and WBT concerning District 8. And trust me, it's going to be fascinating. It's absolutely going to be fascinating. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, and I just got this little note. Uh, John Bradford has started running his TV ads starting last week. So it has started. You got two months to spend $2 million. And I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of advertisement right here on WBT with all the candidates. Which I found, what I found fascinating real quick, Tim Moore, Speaker of the House, foregone conclusion, he's winning his district. He's still running political ads on our, on our station. You got to spend the money somehow, right? Uh, let's go to the phones, and we bring in Jane. Thanks for calling, and thanks for listening, Jane. I appreciate it. Well, I want to thank you for educating us about what's going on. Uh, sometimes we just don't get caught up with all this stuff. What I was wondering, with so many people running, how is that going to go with the voting? Is it the top two? Then they all have to come back and vote again, or how does that work? So that's a really great question. So here's how this will work in the primaries. If a candidate does not get, and to avo- let me do it this way, to avoid a primary, or excuse me, to avoid a runoff, to avoid a runoff, a candidate has to get 30% of the vote plus one vote. So 30% of the vote plus one vote. If a candidate gets that, then that avoids a runoff. If a candidate gets 29.99999% of the vote, then you got a runoff between the top two candidates. That's how that will work. And here's the thing. I think there's... There's the outside possibility of having a runoff in this particular primary because if you've got Mark Harris and John Bradford getting votes, presumably the top two vote getters, presumably, and then after that, like I mentioned earlier, with Lee Brown doing, you know, expected to do well in Cabarrus County, which is the third biggest county, 18% of the vote. Alan Balcom expected to do well in Union County, which is 38% of the vote. If those two actually get a lot of votes, it will take away from the top two candidates, and then you may not have someone get 30%, which means you would have the 30% plus one vote, which means you may have the runoff under those circumstances. So it's very plausible that you could have a runoff in that particular primary. So basically, there's just going to be two that will be running off. There won't be any more than two. Correct. You take the top two. I got you. Well, thank you. You really educated us. I think we need that because we're going so fast. Sometimes we just don't get the whole picture, and you really have educated, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate the phone call, Jane. Thanks a lot. And, you know, here's the thing. She brings up a good point about sometimes we go so fast. 
We just finished with the elections in November, two months ago. And now we're already running political ads. We were running on WBT political ads in December about upcoming congressional races. Five weeks after, six weeks after the elections in November, we're already running political ads. Not our fault. It's the candidates saying, hey, I want to start running political ads on your station. Okay. Tim Moore started running political ads on our show. Or on our stations, I should say. On our station. So the turnaround is so fast. It's, you know, Now, the good news is when you go from an even number year, 2024, into the odd number year, the turnaround is much, much slower. Because the odd number years, 2023, 2025, 2027, those are local elections. And your local candidates don't have $2 million to spend on running for city council. As a matter of fact, Tark Bakari's race this year in city council was the most spent by a candidate for a local election in state history. He spent over $500,000. His opponent spent over $250,000. The most ever in a local election in state history. The two candidates didn't come close to a million dollars. Bradford has two million. Mark Harris is going to have a lot of money. So Lee Brown's going to have a lot of money. Alan Balkum, I think, is loaning his campaign $500,000. He has a lot of money. So these are people with money to spend, and they're going to spend it. But after this November, in 11 months, almost exactly 11 months from today, after that, the political stuff all dies down for a long time, especially here in Charlotte. It really dies down because generally not a lot of people pay attention to the primaries of local elections. They generally just don't. So... Especially like the especially on the Republican side, the Democrats, you'll have some interesting things because there are way more Democrats in this county and city. So sometimes they'll run against each other in the primaries. But generally, there's not Republicans running against each other in the primaries. So there's not a lot of uh, not of like, like as as Jane said, a lot of fast turnaround. You don't have the the fast turnaround. So 2025 will generally be a calm year, a quiet year. But once you start getting from, say, September of 2023, it lasts all the way until November 2024. Just nonstop politics. And don't forget, you think it's bad locally? Wait till you turn on your TV every single day and start seeing seeing Joe Biden and Donald Trump ads. Every day, throughout the day. That's all you're going to see. Not including, oh, and we haven't even gotten to the governor's race yet here in North Carolina, which they expected to be the most expensive governor's race in the country, as well as the most expensive attorney general's race in the country. Dan Bishop versus Jeff Jackson, two current congressmen, both from Mecklenburg County, are running against each other for attorney general. So between... Some congressional seats, governor, and attorney general? 
like we are probably going to be in the range of when you add them like just the attorney general and the governor's race, you're probably looking somewhere, and I'm not joking, between the two races, 20, 25 million minimum. It might even get closer to 35 million between if you add the two races together. I mean, if you're spending $2 million to win a primary in a congressional seat, how much do you think the governor and the attorney general are spending to win their election, their general election, between now and November? Woo! A lot of money. A lot of money. North Carolina is going to be at the forefront of the political world, or right at the very front, between now and November. That's just the way it's going to be. Both presidential candidates want to win, need to win North Carolina, the governor's race, attorney general's race, and then all the congressional races. It's going to be fascinating. (laughs) 